it's good to be with you again. Let's begin our public worship by singing to God's praise from the Scottish Psalter, page, right, need the page, it'll come up on the screen, Psalm 90. Scottish Psalter, Psalm 90, from verse 13. Turn yet again to us, O Lord. How long thus shall it be? Psalm 90, verse 13, to the end of the psalm, to God's praise. psalms, expressions which are so relevant for us in our situation today. Give us the resolve of the psalmist in that psalm, so we rejoice shall all our days, and still be glad in thee. How often we sing these words and other words like them, and our mind can be on tomorrow's business. Have mercy on us. We thank you too for the lines where we sang together about the difficulties and the griefs 
we have seen and had <coughs> and years wherein we ill have seen and Lord we have seen many things to make us sad we have heard many things to make us sad we have done many things for which we ought to be sad help us to know again the resolve of the psalmist and years wherein we ill have seen so do thou make us glad and we've prayed a prayer this morning already with our lips and we pray that it would indeed be on our hearts and demonstrated in the way we live and behave show unto our children dear thy glory evermore we pray that for the children of the congregation here and the children in our families and the children in our community O Lord, thank you for today, for giving us a further opportunity of worshipping you. So often we confess that we come to church uh, like the door on its hinges, just back and forward. We come because, well, it's a good idea. Or we come because we came last week. But grant that we would come with the desire again of the psalmist one thing I of the Lord desired that I the beauty of the Lord behold me and admire please take our minds away from the things of time and sense today that our hearts would be together focused on the unseen and the eternal and the Lord of glory Lord the time is passing very quickly the school holidays are virtually finished it seemed so long a few weeks ago and now it's gone help us to redeem the time to be thankful that you give us this moment in time and that we are to answer to you for what we do in it and with it we pray that we would be captivated by your word and him who is the word made flesh open our eyes to behold the king in his beauty and to have a thought for the world that is afar off we commit to you our cares and our families we pray for wisdom in every situation in every challenging disappointment that we would cast all our cares upon you we pray for your spirit's help today we thank you that you promised that to us you promised us that the Holy Spirit will this morning take of your word and bring it to us in a way that we would say to you thank you help us to understand what it is to be accepted in Christ and because of what Christ has done for us Keep us, pity us, and pardon us. For Jesus' sake. Amen. And we're now going to sing again Psalm 8. The, uh, in page 7, Psalm 8, verses the whole psalm.
Now, children, I have a, a friend. She works with me. Her name is Nesta. I don't know anybody else called Nesta, but she's called Nesta. And she is from Northern Ireland. She's a colleague. And I found the other day that she's got something written on her arm. I'm sure you're wondering what it was. I hope you are, because I'm going to tell you what it was. It's a word. A Hebrew word. And it's a new word for most of us. And I hope it will be a word that will become increasingly important for you. What's written on her arm is the word H E S E D Hesed Hesed Now, there might be some of us who know what Hesed is but I have to say that I didn't know but I had to find out what Hesed is. So maybe I should ask pick out him or her and say what does Hesed mean? And I think some of us would say we don't know. Hesed is a word that's used 250 times in the Old Testament. So it's an important word. <clears throat> Remember once Moses asked God, Show me your glory. I want to see you. And God replied to Moses and said, The Lord God, merciful and gracious, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. So that's where Hesed is. Steadfast love. Love that's constant. Love that's sometimes translated as mercy. Love that's faithful. Faithfulness. Hesed. So, I venture to say you could ask your mum and dad when you get home at lunchtime. Dad, what was Hesed? Just to see if your dad was listening. Hesed. But it's more than that. There's a psalm. There's a psalm with the word Hesed in it 26 times. So when something's repeated often, it must be important. It's Psalm 136. The verse in our edition, His steadfast love endures forever. His steadfast love endures forever. Now children, let's say it together. Are you going to help me? His steadfast love endures forever. A little bit louder please. His steadfast now everybody say it together. His steadfast love endures forever. That's Hesed. So I want you to think about God. And think and remember the word. Hesed. Hesed. Steadfast love. Now I am going to read from the book of Ecclesiastes. Chapter 1. Ecclesiastes chapter 1 The words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem Vanity of vanities, says the preacher Vanity of vanities All is vanity What does man gain by all the toil at which he toils under the sun? A generation goes And a generation comes but the earth remaineth forever. The sun rises and the sun goes down and hastens to the place where it riseth. 
The wind blows to the south and goes round to the north. Around and around goes the wind, and on its circuits the wind returns. All streams run into the sea, but the sea's not full. To the place where the streams flow, there they flow again. All things are full of weariness. A man cannot utter it, the eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. What has been is what will be, and what has been done is what will be done, and there is nothing new under the sun. Is there a thing of which it is said, see, this is new? It has been already in the ages before us. There is no remembrance of former things, nor will there be any remembrance of latter things yet to be among those who come after. I, the preacher, have been king over Israel in Jerusalem, and I applied my heart to seek and to search out by wisdom all that is done under heaven. It is an unhappy business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. I have seen everything that is done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity and a striving after wind. What is crooked cannot be made straight, and what is lacking cannot be counted. I said in my heart, I have acquired great wisdom surpassing all who were over Jerusalem before me, and my heart has had a great experience of wisdom and knowledge. And I applied my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. I perceived that this also is but a striving after wind. For in much wisdom is much vexation. And he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. May the Lord bless his word to us. And we'll continue to sing in the Scottish Psalter, Psalm 103, verses 1 to 5.
couple of weeks ago, uh, we were in our back garden, and uh, little William, who most of you know, was there. And uh, his, one of his sisters got out a little tube of soap bubbles. And William was chasing the bubbles. He was running around the garden trying to catch the bubbles. Maybe you've done that. And he got the bubble and it burst and it was gone. And then there was another one and it was burst and it was gone. Chasing bubbles. Now, that's what's here for us in Ecclesiastes. And you think that's children that chase bubbles. But I would think that most of us here know what it is to chase bubbles. So we want to look at this chapter in Ecclesiastes, how it deals with that and points us to that. And the particular expression is in verse 3. Under the sun. And what this book of Ecclesiastes and what the whole Bible is telling us our need to have the perspective of looking at things from the perspective of above the sun we are so preoccupied with this world what's life all about the holidays are over again well here we have Solomon he tried everything nothing satisfied him he invested everything and found emptiness Jeremiah had big questions David had big questions Job had big questions but the preacher here has very significant questions and observations for us reminds me of the the D.L. Moody story he told this story about a, a wealthy American businessman who had just made his will. And he took his wife and a daughter into the room and said, Now, I want, you to tell, I want to tell you, I've made a will. So that when I'm no longer here, you will be looked after. You will have this house and everything you need is supplied for you so that you continue to enjoy this house and the little girl said daddy have you got a home where you're going to even the little child was concerned that her daddy would have a thought about where he goes after death he tells us his major conclusion in the very first verse, or the second verse. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. A translation of this verse is this. Utterly senseless, utterly senseless. Everything is senseless. The word in the original, I understand, is Hebel, H-E-B-E-L, which can be translated empty, void, nothingness, meaningless, absurd, vanity of vanity. And you heard me say that three times this morning already. Well, in this book it's 37 times. It's an important part of scripture that what you are occupying your mind with and myself is so often vanity. One long commentary on these words of our Savior the Lord Jesus in John chapter 4 verse 13. Whoso drinketh of this water shall thirst again. This water will thirst again. 
So there's that expression repeated 37 times, but the other expression we refer to is also repeated very frequently. In verse 3, 28 times under the sun. This is the answer we all need. Not to be preoccupied with the temporal and that which fades away, but to understand who God is and what he has done and what he offers us. And you might say, well, that's Old Testament. We're in the New Testament period now. No, listen to Romans 8 verse 20. The creation was subject to futility. Futility does not have the last word because Jesus has taken upon himself our sin, the curse, and given us hope. Have you got that hope? If I was to ask you on the way out, what's your hope in view of your last appointment? You might say, I don't know. You might say, well, that's it, there's nothing more. You might say, well, I hope it's a long time away. What is your hope in view of that day? I met a man I used to be in business with in Inverness recently. Met him outside Tesco's. He was 84. He had been in intensive care for three weeks. He said 10 of the 20 people that were in that ward with me died when I was in there. Oh, I said, that must give you a thought. He said, well, he said, I'm not afraid of dying. Dying's just dying. Everybody's going to die anyway. And I said, do you think there's anything after death? And he said, what are you speaking about? I said, do you think there's anything after death? Do you think that's the end of it? Well, I hope so. Well, I said, I believe that God made the world. We have evidence of that every time we see a cloud, the sun, a star, the moon. We have evidence that he made it. And we were responsible and answerable to him. He was a bit more reflective then. Creation itself will be set free, we're told in Romans 8.21, from its bondage to corruption. Six hard questions then, and six observations <coughs> that highlight for us the impact of thinking about things from the above the sun perspective. The first it's there in verse 3. In verse chapter 2. It's there in chapter 3 verse 9. It's there in chapter 5 verse 11. What does a man gain from all his labor under the sun? Life is a grind. It's a bit boring. I want to escape. Escape! Isn't that what the people from Africa are doing? <coughs> Coming across the Mediterranean? A hundred thousand of them at risk to life and limb. They're trying to escape. That's them. It's not just them. It's you and me. Oh, I've only had two weeks in Benidorm. Or two weeks in Rhodes. Or two weeks in the Algarve. Or two weeks in Hawaii. If only I could escape for the next party. The next weekend away. The next Bond film, if there ever be one. You want to escape? What does a man gain from all his labor under the sun? The alarm goes, you rub your eyes. Perhaps you wash your face. Perhaps you check WhatsApp. 
then have breakfast, then go to work, then have your lunch, then more work, then home for something to eat, then watch the telly or go out with friends, then have supper, then go to bed. What does a man gain from all his work, all his labour under the sun? But friend, take God into it. Take above the sun into it and everything changes. Colossians 3.23 Whatever you do, do it. Do you know what that next word is? Whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. How we need that in the busyness and business of life. How I need Psalm 103 verse 2. And you need it. You need to wander through this life with this verse. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And do not be forgetful of all that he has done for you. He gives day and night and tides and routines. We read about that and sang about it in Psalm 8 there. What is man that you are mindful of him? When I look up into the heavens and see the work of your fingers... He put that star and that galaxy and that moon in its place and keeps it there. What shall I say? And the psalmist says, I, I, I have to say this. What is man that you are mindful of him? What is man not only that you give us life and breath and existence, but you give us hope, not just for time, but for eternity. Take God, take above the sun into the picture and toil is explained. You shall earn your keep, your food through your labor. Genesis 3.17 Sleep becomes a blessing. The sleep of the working man is sweet. What a difference above the sun perspective makes. That's the first one. The second one is life is so fragile. It's as if the um, the preacher Solomon, we trust, we believe, is saying, I, I, "I've been negative in verse three, but I'm going to be even more negative in verse four." A generation goes, and a generation comes. Generations come and go. Think of the plans, the new baby, the pushchair, the school, the career. Then what? And even then and through all of that, it's so uncertain. Many, 400 people were killed walking on a pavement in the UK in 2022 in a car on a plane on a train off the Keswick Bridge the San Francisco Bridge Beachy Head I remember being at Beachy Head and it was just such a beautiful spot the south of England there and there's suicide there all the time a hundred and fifteen suicides in the United Kingdom over every week at least three quarters of a million known suicides in the world every 
year. Our days are as an handbreadth, as a cloud, as a vapour, as the flower of the grass. Have you ever seen a flower on the grass? I've seen it. It's just momentary. As a breath, as a blip on the radar screen. Who was my great-great-grandfather? I have no idea. What did he do? I don't know. What was he like? I don't know. It just feels so uncertain. So futile. But what a difference above the sun makes. Look with me for a minute or two at Psalm 90 verse 1. You are my dwelling place. You are everything. I am made to worship you and to enjoy you. Look at verse 14. Satisfy us in the morning with your love and with your mercy that we may sing and rejoice all our days. I want to see Jesus. Verse 17. Establish the work of our hands. Think of what God has done for us. He that believeth on me shall never die. I have given unto them eternal life. Think of what the psalmist said in Psalm 40 here. There. Yet, despite the mess, despite the chaos, yet, yet what? You need to have that in your heart. Yet, the Lord thinks on me. Our times are holy in his hand. The Lord shall keep thy soul, says the Psalm 121. What a difference above the sun makes. There's a lady here in hospital a number of years ago waiting for a significant operation. And she found that line from the Getty hymn immensely helpful. From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. What a difference above the sun makes. Life is boring, life is fragile, life is repetitive. You have that in verses 5, 6 and 7. The sun goes in and out. Never seems to arrive. Always traveling. Then the wind, what does the wind do? Where is it going? It always seems busy. What's it all about? Then the sea, it's never full. How is the sea never full? Go down to the river next, and it's pouring water into the sea all the time, and all the other rivers. Is there a plug in the sea? There's no plug. Yeah, we know. We have an explanation, don't we? A trillion tons evaporate. But why? It seems endlessly repetitive. It's reminding us of the the vanity of life under the sun. The monotony. The repetitive nightmare. There might be one or two of you here who have heard of the Queen's band. Now you didn't expect that in North Keswick Church to get the Queen quoted to you, the band. Their song was, their big song was, I want to break free. Now there's two or three people smiling, so they obviously know the song. It's it's a quite clever song. I want to break free. And that's in the heart of so many of us. I want to break free. Oh, give me, give me drugs. The soap opera. But oh, listen 
to what above the sun does to our thinking. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim his handiworks. The sun is like a bridegroom, a champion going forth to give heat. Think of it, Psalm 19, read it and see what above the sun means. Verse 7, God's word revives the soul, enlightens the mind. Have you found that, friend? Do you like God's word? It's not, I'm not asking, do you read the Bible from beginning to end? Do you like God's word? There was a minister from Portree who I loved and knew as a boy. And um, his name was Fraser MacDonald. He was a minister in Portree, a great preacher. He, I remember saying to him, Mr. MacDonald, you know, I'm told to, ha- to read the Bible. And I do. I, I just like, nothing happened. I just read a chapter and nothing happened. And it's a bit boring. Even the Bible's a bit boring for me because nothing happens. I said, I need some help. And he said, well, what I would tell you to do is get one verse. And meditate on it. Think about it. Turn it over in your mind. Have it in your heart. And so such a good piece of advice. It's not the amount you read. It's what goes into your mind and heart. And what happens? The Holy Spirit will bring to your remembrance the things you have learned. And isn't it interesting that even these three verses remind us of who the Son of Righteousness is? Of who the Spirit is and what the Spirit is like to, likened to the wind, and his love is like the sea. So life is boring, fragile, repetitive, under the sun. The next one is more of the same. It's wearisome. Perhaps you're saying, well, the sermon's wearisome, you don't need to tell me. Life is wearisome. It's wearisome. Where's that? Verse 8. All things are full of weariness. The eye is not satisfied with seeing. And the ear is not satisfied with hearing. Never satisfied. Never enough. Do you have more than your grandparents? Sure, every one of us does. I remember Karin's grandfather, a godly man. And all he had, two or three pans, a drill of potatoes on the farm, which he worked on the farm so that he could have a drill of potatoes, access to a boat so that he could go fishing, But he had three things that were very important to him. The Bible, the Pilgrim's Progress, and McChain's Biography. And I've got cupboards of books. And we've got cupboards of pans. And we've got a fridge and a deep freeze bursting with food. Do you have more than your grandparents? Sure thing. And yet still we're saying, soon things will be better. There's better things coming down the pike. Just listen to, watch the adverts. You know, the, the advert that was on this week about hair shampoo was promising you the best condition hair ever. Now that's okay for those of you who have hair. But it's just ridiculous. And we're captivated by these adverts for the hair shampoo, the anti-aging cream. Relax, rest with Classic FM. 
provided you listen to the adverts. Where are the cars? We had 20 years ago, there was a, a new car advert on the telly this week promising freedom. And it, it went up a hill, it's an electric car, and it went up this hill, stones flying everywhere, but it went up safe and clean. It got the top of the hill. What was over the hill? There was a cliff. And it flew over the cliff, down the stream. No problem if you get this car. And we, we were taken in by it. And we're reminded of the, the way it's a virus that I am infected with, and I dare say all of us are. We're told about it in Proverbs 30. The leech has two daughters. One daughter is called give, and the other daughter is called give. Give me more. Give me more. Now, Solomon... <coughs> He tried everything. You'll see it. It's 36 times. If you go through chapter 2 and following, you'll see this. I've tried mirth. I have sought. I made. I planted. I builded. I got. I did. I did. I did. I did. I did. 37 times. And it's all senseless. But what a difference above the sun makes. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, I may not have the sweetest four-wheel drive, but I shall not want. Psalm 107, for he the soul that longing is doth fully, fully, completely, he will satisfy. Nothing less than Christ will satisfy you. Have you got that? If anyone is in Christ, all things have become new. Your car becomes something different. Your life becomes something different. Your prospects, everything is changed. Oh, with thy tender mercy, Lord, as early satisfied. That's number four. Boring, fragile, repetitive, wearisome, unalterable, closed. Nothing, verses 9 and 10, nothing new under the sun. Oh yes, there is, there was Concord. Where's Concord now? It's in a museum. I thought I was supposed to get people around the world fast. It's in a museum. What's happened to our roads? Well, what's happened to our roads? We need more shops. Therefore, we need more roads. Therefore, we need more cars. Therefore, there's more traffic. And the consequence is that the traffic in London is moving slower today than it was 100 years ago. The average speed of traffic in London today is 8.98 miles per hour. You can go faster than that on a bike. And you think we would learn. You would, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with roads. But you would think, we, we seem to think that if we get new policies and new this and a new government and new this and new the next thing, everything will be alright and still there are dozens and dozens of wars going on today. Darfur, Pakistan, Syria, Sudan, Niger, not to mention Ukraine. We haven't learned. Just look at Scotland. Most of the cities in Scotland this summer, the last two months, had a gay parade march. They had it. The centre of Inverness was closed for a few hours for gay parade. Gay parade. It's always the same, isn't it? We've eradicated TB, but now we've got heart disease and cancer. But above the sun, God rules. He judges. He endures. We are new creatures in Christ Jesus. Sinners become saints. He puts a new song in our mouth. 
our God to magnify. That's what you're made for. You're not made for tomorrow's work or next week's profit. You're made to enjoy God. What a difference above the sun makes. Boring, fragile, repetitive, wearisome, unalterable. Can't get any worse than that, can it? Insignificant. Verse 11. There's no remembrance of former things, nor will there be any remembrance. I remember emptying my uncle's house. I remember emptying my mother's house. Most of it was of no consequence. And you look in my cupboard. I have a few things that I need. Lots of stuff I don't need at all. I don't know why I ever got it. In a hundred years, who's going to remember you? You go to a funeral in Glasgow, there might be 30 people. You go to a funeral in Burness, might be a hundred. Unless you're famous. There's been one or two funerals I've been at with a thousand. But who's going to remember you? What's going to happen to these sermon notes? I spent hours. They'll be torn up. They'll be put in the bin. What's going to happen to your all that you have? It's insignificant under the sun. But what a difference above the sun makes. I have come, he says, so that you might have life and that you may have it more abundantly. You want a better life. You want a happier life. A more purposeful life. It's only in Christ that we will find it. Because the sinless Saviour died, my sinful soul is counted free. For God, the just, is satisfied. To look on him and pardon me. God came into the world in the person of Jesus Christ. He lived. He died for our sin. He rose again. And he ever lives for you. Life becomes exciting. There's a friend of ours some of you will have heard of him uh, John Piper um, and he tells this story it's on, it's on YouTube I think yeah. the, the doctor he had been to the doctor and the doctor phoned him and said uh, Mr Piper you have prostate cancer advanced prostate cancer and he said, the shock of hearing that. You've got it. You've got this thing that takes people away. <clears throat> this, this indication that you're going to die. Then he said, what came to my mind was Second Thessalonians chapter 5 verses 9 and 10. And everything changed. And here's that verse. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we may live together with him. That's it. Have you got it? Are you living in the perspective of above the sun? And this is his commandment that you believe on his son Jesus Christ. 
The preacher here was an old man. He was telling us the mistakes he had made. But he had a word for young people. The last chapter. I think it's the last chapter. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. And I would like you to do a spelling alteration. Change the word sun, S-U-N, under the sun, to under the sun, S-O-N. Under the sun. The sun. Are you under the sun? Have you found shelter under the sun? The refuge which you need and which will bring you everlasting peace and joy may the Lord bless his word to us Lord as we read that chapter and hear these observations of Solomon we recognize that we too are captivated with this world. Granted, we would be given the better perspective that we would have the hope that will never disappoint us. That we, each of us, could say that he died for us. That where, whether we wake or sleep, we live together with him. Be with our friends in the congregation here in these times of trial and challenge. Give them to cease from man whose breath is in his nostrils. We pray for our nation. We pray for our NHS, our armed forces. We pray for the teachers struggling to be true to your word in an increasingly secular educational agenda. Pardon us and bless us. For Jesus' sake. Amen. <coughs> and we'll conclude by singing to God's praise again in Psalm 19, I think it is. Psalm 19 verses 1 to 8. And there it is, in them he set the sun a tent, who bridegroom like forth goes. Psalm 19 verse 1, the heavens God's glory do declare, the skies, have you seen the skies? They're preaching to you. Let's see.
Lord, we need you. We thank you for the mercy offered to each of us today. We pray that we would go from this place recognizing the vanity of this world and recognizing the glory of the mercy of God in Christ and that that would be our joy and keep us for we cannot keep ourselves for Jesus' sake. Amen.